episode two of season three. If you did not listen to episode one, we were talking about Acts one and how we're going to be focusing on the whole book of Acts in this season. Um, Today we're going to be talking about Acts two, but before we get into it, let's do a prayer. Thank you, God for your word thank you for being true god thank you for loving us and protecting us and providing god thank you for the wisdom and ability that your holy spirit gives us thank you for um sending him to us so that way we can access you and feel his presence and be filled with the power that he gives with the ability with the boldness with the authority god God, we put this time that we are reading the Bible and we're getting to know you in the early church and how you moved through them, God, and how you influenced them and spoke to them, God. I ask that all of this word stay in our hearts and in our minds and that we can put it into action, God, and that we just learn, that we learn from you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. So, in episode 1, when we were talking about Acts 1, Jesus told his disciples, now apostles, he said, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father has given what he promised you. And that was the Holy Spirit. He said, Don't leave until you are filled with the Holy Spirit. So, in Acts 2, we will see what happens when the Holy Spirit comes to them. Acts 2, the Holy Spirit comes. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages, as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Chapter uh, Verse 5. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, People from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontins, the province of Asia. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk, that's all. Peter preaches to the crowd. Verse 14. Then Peter stepped forward with the eleven other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. Verse 17, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. 
Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. In those days I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark, and the moon will turn blood red, before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Verse 22. People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you all know. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to the cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. King David said this about him. I see the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope, for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life, and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. Verse 29. Dear brothers, think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself, for he died and was buried, and his tomb is still here among us. But he was a prophet, and he knew God had promised with an oath that one of David's own descendants would sit on his throne. David was looking into the future and speaking of the Messiah's resurrection. He was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in the grave. God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven, at God's right hand, and the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see in here today. For David himself never ascended into heaven, yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. Verse 36. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. But the believers form a community. Verse 42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money in, with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes of the Lord's 
uh, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who would, who were being saved. So, that was all of Acts 2, and there's definitely, definitely a lot to unpack here. So, in verse 1, on the day of Pentecost, all believers were meeting together in one place. And that's that's when the Holy Spirit came, when they were all meeting together in one place. And when I read that, um, what came to mind was that verse where it says, Where two or more are gathered in my name, I will be there. And definitely, we had more than two people gathered in the name of God in the name of Jesus and that's when the Holy Spirit came upon them and it says suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them first the presence filled the house then the flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them what we see here is that when we're calling out to the Spirit, when we're calling out to God, when we're calling out to the Holy Spirit, He fills the area around you. He fills the room. He fills the atmosphere. He fills your vehicle, wherever it is that you're calling out to the Holy Spirit. He first fills the area around you, and then He fills you, and then He falls on you, and and he just fills you up and you get filled with the the holy spirit with the power and the ability and the boldness and and the confidence and all of the things that we were talking about in episode one something that really um has stayed in my mind my husband and i are worship leaders and something that a preacher shared with us was this moment she said as worship leaders you guys have to fill the atmosphere with the holy spirit first you guys have to fill the church with the holy spirit before the church even arrives so that way when the church arrives the holy spirit is already dwelling in that place and then they will be filled with the holy spirit but if you're not a worship leader, it, it's not just to certain positions that you hold. If you have a home, you, your prayer, your desire should be that the Holy Spirit dwells in your home. So that way, whenever someone enters your home, the Holy Spirit then can dwell in them. Has it ever happened to you that after praying for the Holy Spirit to dwell in your home or opening your doors to God and then someone comes to visit you and they say wow I just feel some I feel a lot of peace I feel a lot of peace or wow your house feels different there's something different about your house or even in your vehicle if you give someone a ride and they're like wow like I really enjoyed that conversation we had I felt a lot of peace or it felt really good. I feel really good. I feel relaxed. And that happens when you call out to the Holy Spirit and you welcome him into your area. 
uh, it could be your classroom if you're a teacher, your office, if you work in an office, your vehicle, whether it be your personal vehicle or your work vehicle, your home, wherever it is that you are, it, it should be our desire that the Holy Spirit dwells there. So that way, when anyone comes in, or when our family comes in, when our husband comes home from work, when our kids come home from school, when you yourself come back from work, if you work, that you feel the Holy Spirit in your place, that you feel the Holy Spirit in your home. And that that's what happened to the early church, to all the believers that were meeting together in one place. The presence of the Holy Spirit filled the area around them like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And then they got filled. Imagine how beautiful that must have felt. There was power in that place. There was power in that place. In verse 5 it says, At that time they were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. The presence of the Holy Spirit was so strong in that place that he gave them the ability to proclaim the miracles, signs, and wonders, the greatness of God in various languages. It says at the end of verse 4, as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. The Holy Spirit gave them this ability to glorify God in various languages. And the presence was so strong that people around them were like, what is going on? Something is happening. Something is happening. What is going on? And when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, people around us are going to be like, something's happening. This is different. When you walk into a room, the presence of the Lord is with you. And people around you will feel it. When you start to speak, they're going to say, you speak with authority, you speak with ability. And that's because that's what the Lord allows us to have through his Holy Spirit. Ability, authority, and we can speak on it when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. These people, it says that they ran to the house and they said, what's going on? How can this be? These people are all from Galilee. And yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages, says in verse seven. And then it lists all the different types of um, regions that these people were coming from. The province of Asia, um, Judea, and um, Egypt. There were even Arabs there. And they all heard in their own language them proclaiming the greatness of God and all the wonderful things that God did. It says at um, at the beginning of verse 12, they stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But in verse 13, it says, but others in the crowd ridiculed them saying they're just drunk. That's all where we can see this here that there may be many times just like in this moment at the early church where you're filled with the holy spirit and you're going and you're speaking with authority and you're speaking with the ability that the holy spirit gave you and the boldness and the power that the holy spirit gives 
there's always going to be people who are going to ridicule you and not take you seriously. We can see that it happened to the early church. And I feel like it happens to any believer on a daily basis. In chapter 14 all the way through 41, where Peter is preaching to the crowd and basically explaining to them what just happened in 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 this house when the holy spirit came upon the people um in 14 he says then peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles remember there was 11 and now there's 12 um, including peter that's why it says 11 other apostles because in chapter one they chose matthias uh, to be a part of the apostles. So then it says, Then Peter stepped forward with the eleven other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. So this is Peter And he's not just preaching to the crowd, but he's teaching and explaining to them what has just happened, what has just occurred, and why um, these people are speaking different languages and the other people hearing it understand what they're saying and all these wonderful things that God has done. So he says in 16, no, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. And then he continues or goes into what prophet Joel said so in 17 it says in the last days God says I will pour out my spirit upon all people all people men and women alike all colors everyone and then it says your sons and daughters will prophesy here we see equality it's your sons your 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 sons your males will prophesy but so will your females your daughters will will prophesy and in many times or I feel like kind of going back to the season where we were talking about a marriage and the difference between male and female and the different roles that they play yes they play different roles but they all hold the same equality they all belong to the same God they were created equal and we can definitely see that here where he says your sons and your daughters will prophesy I will pour out my spirit on all people not just men not just white men not just black men not just Mexican men but all people men and women every race every language every tongue every nation and then it says your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams in 18 in those days i will pour out my spirit even on my servants and then we see equality again men and women alike and they will prophesy 19 and i will cause wonders in the heavens above above and signs on the earth below blood and fire and clouds of smoke the sun will become dark And the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord, um, day that the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, this is verse 21, will be saved. Here in verse 19 and 20, this is going back to the first four words in the last days. It explains what will occur in the last days, how we will know that the Lord is coming. He says, I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, 
blood and fire and clouds of smoke 20 again the sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red these are all things that we will see before that great and glorious day of the lord arrival of the lord's arrival but we can see that he ends it with uh, the prophet Joel le- ends it with hope. It says, "But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, regardless of what happens, of what wonders and signs we see on the earth below. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, and the Spirit of the Lord will be poured out on all people. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams." Uh, in those days I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you need salvation, call on the name of the Lord so you can be saved. So you can reach the salvation. So you can become an inheritor of the kingdom of God. So you can wake up blessed, go to sleep blessed, breathe and you're blessed. Why? Because... The God you serve, the creator of all things, the owner of all gold and all silver, has chosen you and has called you to be his child. There's a difference between creation and being a child, being being belonging to God. And I feel like right now you have that opportunity to say, God, I belong to you. God, I call on your name because I want to be saved. Right now in the in, in the area that you're in, whether physically or spiritually or mentally, with the things going on around you, just going back to the beginning, remember the Holy Spirit fills the place around you. He fills your home if you allow him to. He fills your work site if you allow him to. He fills your finances. He fills your, your school if you allow him to. But that's only if you call on the name of the Lord. And you will be saved and all these other things will come in addition to you. The Holy Spirit will be able to move freely if you allow him to. Once you call on the name of the Lord in order to to receive salvation and have that assurance that when the day comes, if the Lord comes or if you go to meet him first, you have that assurance of where you will go. You have that assurance that no matter what happens you are standing firm in the lord and he got you and he's gonna take care of you and he will provide and that you will inherit the kingdom of heaven in 22 it says people of israel listen god publicly endorsed jesus the nazarene by doing powerful miracles wonders and signs through him as you well know but god knew what would happen and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life. For death could not keep him in its grip. King David said this about him. Before I go into that, this is the good news. The good news is that God publicly endorsed Jesus by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him that we all know, that we've read. And if you don't know, you're getting to know them now. Why? Because you're listening, you're seeking, you're you're wondering, you're asking. And then it says, but God knew what would happen. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But 
in 24, but God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life. That is the good news. God didn't just die for your sins. He resurrected and paid the price for your sins and gave you the ability to be saved. He offered salvation to you. Now it's just your turn if you're going to take it. He set the table before you. Now it's just up to you if you're going to go eat and feast from it. It says, for death could not keep him in its grip. Now we're going to see what King David said about him in Psalms. It says, King David said this about him. I see that the Lord is always with me. He never leaves us. We are the ones who turn away from God. Just remember that. He never leaves you. He never fails. He is faithful to his promise. It's just up to us if we're going to be faithful to him. If we are not going to leave him. If we're not going to turn our back to him. It says, I will not be shaken for he is right beside me. How will I fear if he's right beside me? You're not going to shake. Why? Because you know who backs you up. You know who sets the path before you. You know who's provider and keeper. It says in 26, No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praises. I will not be shaken because I know the God that I serve. I know that God loves me. I know that he chose me. I know that he called me. No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope. My body rests in hope, it says at the end of 26. God has the last say. He has the last word. He he knows. He is the author and he is the finisher. Our bodies have to rest in that hope. And I feel like in, in just that, that phrase, my body rests in hope, I feel like a lot of people can relate to it. I can relate to it as a mom. I mean, I'm a first-time parent. Mikael is my first child, and it's been rough. There's been times where, like, I'm in bed, and I want to cry, and I want to scream, and I want to shout, and moments where I've done that, moments where I've cried in the shower, just out of frustration, out of tiredness mainly, and it's so good to know that my body can rest in the hope that God is in control. My body can rest in the hope that God has everything under control, that he is the author and the finisher of my story, that he He, he has greater plans for me and for my family. And I really hope that as you're hearing this, you can look back and be like, wow, God has really taken care of me. I mean, I'm right here. I'm alive. I'm breathing. My family's good. I'm on my way to work in order to provide for my family or I'm waking up and making breakfast for my kids like I feel like we we as a people regardless of your age or your gender or um, your race I feel like there's been many times that we've taken things for granted and I feel like since the pandemic started and everything was closed that's when our eyes really opened up to all the things that we took for granted but in the same manner we came back into this flow of like okay well that the pandemic was so long ago and I don't want to think about it and I don't want to think about all the horrors or all the loss that happened during the pandemic but I feel like we should really step back and look at all of the things that we have all of the things that we have at hand all of the things that the lord has provided for us yes maybe it's not the best compared to your neighbors 
Maybe the grass looks greener on the other side. But you serve a living, breathing, moving God. You serve a living, breathing, moving God who takes out the sun for the just. The reason why the sun comes out every morning is for the just, for his people, for the faithful believer. And I really hope that that's you listening. Because if that is, then he takes out the sun for you. He paints the skies for you. It says in 27, For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. In 27, um, and Peter will explain further right now in the reading. In 27, for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. He's talking about Jesus. It says, and you have shown me the way of life. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And you will fill me with the joy of your presence, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will fill him. In 29, he, um, Peter goes more in, into what David is saying. 29, brothers, think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself, for he died and was buried, and his tomb is still there among us. But he was a prophet, and he knew God had promised with an oath that one of David's own descendants would sit on his throne. David was looking into the future and speaking of the Messiah's resurrection. He was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in the grave. 32. God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. For David himself never ascended into heaven, yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, God said to Jesus, Sit on the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. 26. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. It says in 37, Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. It says that Peter's words pierced their hearts, and then they asked, What should we do? And that's when Peter replied, Repent from your sins. Turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for your forgiveness of sins. The truth is what switched their thinking. The truth is what pierced their hearts. Can you picture that? Like an actual pierced heart. It's painful and it goes in deep. And a lot of times that's what truth is. And I feel like because truth pierces the hearts, a lot of us step away from saying the truth. 
because we're like oh the truth hurts and it's literal the truth hurts this truth is piercing their hearts and they realized what they did when someone tells you the truth it hurts why because they're telling you what you did that this is what you did and it's when you say the truth that people realize what they did or what they're doing or what they should have done that here is when they said what what should we do now because we screwed up what should we do and peter replied repent of your sins and turn to god and many times that is the answer i was a sinner and how did i know that i was sinner that i was a sinner because someone brought me the truth and once i realized what the truth was and what i was doing i said oh my gosh what should i do and the answer is repent from your sins and turn to god and be baptized in the name of jesus christ for the forgiveness of your sins then you will receive the gift of the holy spirit this i promise to you to your children and to those far away all who have been called by the lord our god then peter continued preaching for a long time strongly urging all of his listeners save yourselves from the crook from this crooked generation if you are listening right now save yourselves from this crooked generation and turn to god literally save yourself from this crooked generation and turn to god and that's not to bash on gen z or millennials like these times save yourself from these times from everything that is occurring repent of your sins and turn to god and be baptized in the name of jesus christ in 41 those who believed what peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about three thousand in all that was amazing there was so much there and now that there's three thousand added oh no now now that there's three thousand in total um we had started with i think um like a thousand i want to say i think the early church started with a thousand now they have three thousand and at the end of chapter two the believers form a community So it says in 42, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. They built a community around the teaching of the apostles, and they did fellowship, and they shared meals. And it says a deep sense of awe came over all of them. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They even sold their properties and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes from their Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. At each day... And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Something that really stands out to me just in these few verses is the word all or the word all people. There was no discrimination. Everyone, everyone um, enjoyed the goodwill. Everyone was praising God. Everyone was sharing meals. Everyone was sharing the money. Everyone was building community and having fellowship together and something that i i've seen as 
like a youth leader I guess you can say and being in the youth myself back then was that there were always little groups and there was this one time when I was a, um, a youth that we got a new youth leader and some of us found her annoying but now looking back on it that was the time that we had the most youth because she forced all of us into fellowship regardless of of where we came from regardless of what school we went to regardless of how long we were um christians for she forced all of us to have fellowship together and it was when we were all having fellowship together that our youth group grew and i feel like that's something that we're definitely pushing ourselves into our um youth group is to stop the little cliques and stop the little groups because that's what the enemy wants he wants division Because he knows that when there's unity, you're stronger. He knows that when you're together, you're stronger and you can defeat him. Because in the word it says, when there are two or more gathered in my name, I will be there. When there are two or more gathered in my name, says God, um, things will happen. Mountains will move. And I honestly feel like because the believers formed a community, they were so much stronger. And that's why... The Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. And it said, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship. So they were growing exponentially. Why? Because they were building community. They were in fellowship together. They were getting to know each other. And and as a youth leader, I feel like that's vital. If you want your group to grow, build community, build fellowship. Even if your students don't want to. Because now looking back at it, when I was um, a youth in in the in the youth group, I was like, "Oh, this lady's so annoying. Why is she telling that we? Why is she telling us that we all have to go to a park? Or why is she like inviting everyone or making us all talk to each other?" But now looking back, that's when the youth group was at its highest membership. I I mean, I'm guessing we grew from like 20 to like 60 as soon as she became the youth leader. Or youth pastor so there's something big with unity and it's definitely influenced by God and building community and I feel like it has to do with that because the enemy wants division he wants division and he doesn't want people to be together or to be in community or honestly I think that's why he puts a lot of thoughts in our minds like oh this sister didn't say hi to me oh this sister gave me a dirty look. Oh, I'm going to start talking back behind, bad behind this sister's um, back because I don't like her. Or she gave me a fuchi face or blah, 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 blah. And it's because the enemy wants to divide all of us. So whenever you get those thoughts, call him out for being a liar. Call him out and say, you just want to destroy me because you know that together we can destroy you and we're stronger. But remember, the Lord is calling you. When are you going to say yes? And if you've already said yes, glory to God. Keep on going. Keep on going because not a lot of people run the good race. Not a lot of people go. That's why it says that the path is narrow. So make it through. Make it to the finish line. I believe in you. And if you need anyone to talk to, shoot, you got me. You got me me talk to me I let's be friends let's be friends because we need to build community we need to build community uh follow me on Instagram on Facebook 
um, on Instagram. It's jocelyn.hernandez. You can follow me there. Let's build community. Have a lovely rest of your day. God bless you.